Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Show Me Show for episode 48. On today's episode, we got a great episode. We'll start off with the uh, the rundown from Conference Championship Weekend, where we'll recap the games in a fun way, and then we'll talk about them for a little bit. Then we'll have uh, the last Fantasy Corner for for a while, where we'll, we will give a Stardom, Sidum, and Sleeper of the Week, and none of it has to do with fantasy football either this week, so that's pretty awesome. And then talk briefly about the NFL head coaches that have just been hired, and then we'll do the return of Tough Scene of the Week. It's been a while since we've done it, so we got quite a bit of stuff to talk about with Tough Scene of the Week, and then maybe some bonus stuff at the end of the show as well. Uh, and before, yeah, let's just get right into it now. So I'll start off with the rundown. Cam will do, Cam will go next. And here we go. NFL Conference Championship Rundown 2023. We start off in the city of brotherly love where it was Joey Butt Buddy Bosa picking fights outside of the stadium early on with the very poor, very drunk Philly fans as he prepared to cheer on his own brother, the NFL sack leader Nick Bosa, and that phenomenal D'Amico Ryan's coached 49er defense. But the first punch was landed by the Eagles as Miles Sanders scored a touchdown down in the red area. After some action-like punting woes, the 49ers were able to punch back with a score of their own, and McCaffrey went rumbling, bumbling, stumbling into the end zone to get the faithful on the board. But then the Eagles broke out their blue-collar workmen-like approach on the following drive, one on a demoralizing 20-play drive to go up 14-7. to And from that moment on, the 49ers' game plan was anything but Purdy as he got caught with his Brock out and was hurt on play-action throw that resulted in a fumble recovery for the Birds. Down to their fourth stringer, who they just signed off the practice squad of a team not that long ago, Josh Johnson. Things fumbled out of control rather quickly, and the Eagles took command as they jumped to a huge lead before the end of the half, and they never looked back. Shanahan's dream season has been shattered once again, and the Eagles will fly to Arizona in two weeks for the big one. Eagles blow out the Niners 31-7. to Yes, they did. And to cap off Championship Sunday, we march over to Burrowhead, where the Bengals looked right at home in their icy Bengal whites for the 10-degree game. All the stars are out in this one as big names littered the field on both sides of the ball. But in a touching tribute to Harambe, the falling gorilla, It was the Zebras who actually carried out the public execution of the city of Cincinnati right before our very eyes, as the crew had an absolute field day, leaving their mark on history. And as things were all tied up late in the fourth quarter, it was Chris Jones who once again dropped his sack on the field, taking down Burrow (laughs) and forcing a punt after what looked like a promising drive for the Bengals. Things got shaken up pretty quickly, though, as Look to the Sky Moore reeled off a 29-yard punt return, giving the Chiefs very favorable field position with what little time was left on the clock. And with the game on the line and a bum ankle to roam around on, Mahomes scrambled for a five-yard first down run. But it was Joseph Osei. Can you see that Mahomes was way out of bounds? And thanks to an unnecessary roughing call, Harrison Buttkicker was able to seal the deal with just three ticks remaining. Bengals tried a pitchy woo-woo on the kickoff, but it was to no avail. And the Kansas City, Missouri Chiefs 
will be heading to their third Super Bowl in five years. And the Bengals and their season by the same score that did them in last year, 23-20. to 20. And that was Championship Sunday. One entertaining game. One chaotic but not as entertaining sad. game. Um, yeah, and sad. No, it was sad. That game was a so. sad, sad game to watch. It was just – it was like watching someone be tortured to death. Like, just slowly, just, like, stab after stab after stab. Like, you knew they weren't going to stay alive. You knew they were dead already, but they weren't quite dead yet, and it was just like you were watching them die. Um, For me, however, it wasn't as sad because I was rooting against them. Um, As a Packers fan, nothing brings me more joy than seeing that team lose in the playoffs. So uh, even though I did like the story of Brock Purdy, and um, it was all very cool, and I like George Kittle, but – that team must be stopped, and they got some QB problems for the future. But uh, let's talk about the Bengals game a little bit because that was the exciting one. The Eagles just whomped the Niners, but you know they were also rolling with Josh Johnson for uh, a quarter of the game, and then obviously they were rolling with basically no quarterback because they didn't throw the ball once. Except actually, they did throw the ball once, but it was with Christian McCaffrey, so that doesn't really count. Um, so one, they really they had no fight in them whatsoever, but you can't really blame them. They had no quarterback. Um, and then, but yeah, the, the real game, Chiefs, Bengals, we all expected it to be a good one. And it was, uh, you said that the refs made their mark on the game, which yeah, they did. I didn't think they, they did it really bad job. They had that one atrocious play, like on the third and nine where the ref ran onto the field but no one heard him whatsoever. Like you can't have that happen. You can't have a communication error happen at that point in the game on that, you know, much of an important play on the game. As far as the rest of it, I thought it was ref fine. Um, there were some unfortunate calls that had to be made, but if anything, I mean, if, and then the Joseph aside tackle, you know, he pushed him out of bounds. It was, it was a dumb play. Obviously I blame that on Zach Taylor um, as a Madden player myself. I thought the clock management was horrible by Zach Taylor. Um, I would have played that much differently. Uh, for example, it's first and 10. They just converted like the third and 14 or whatever. And I was watching with my dad. And after they, they got like two yards with Hayden Hurst. It was second and eight, 47 seconds, I do believe. They had two timeouts left. And instead of running the hurry up, they called a timeout. And I turned to my dad and I was like, that is, that's going to come back to bite them because it's second and eight. Like you get an incompletion here. It's third and eight with like 40 seconds left. All the chiefs got to do is get a stop and they have the ball with 30 seconds left and two timeouts. Like that's plenty of time for Patrick Mahomes. So I mean, we saw what he did last year with 13 seconds. So yeah, I personally would have ran hurry up there and then save my timeout for like something on a big play. Like when you got to really run down the field, 30 yards and said, you know, it's two yards. You can regroup that easily. And, eight seconds, eight, nine seconds, let that run off the clock. I would have taken the clock all the way down, given not giving the Chiefs the ball back either. So um, that's that's my opinion on it. But, yeah, the refs, I could see how people are mad at them, but I thought they did fine. I uh, was cheering for the Chiefs, especially against the Bengals. Um, but there was also – I didn't think the call against Mike Hilton on the defensive hold was very good. Um, and there, 
there was a lot of missed calls, a lot of no calls against the Chiefs. I think Bengals fans were also upset with the Sky Moore, big punt return, multiple blocks on the back, um, some clear holdings on Orlando Brown throughout the game that they didn't call. But there's holding on pretty much every play in terms of passing plays. But yeah, um, but Bengals are were able to cherry pick those and you know point those out. Um, but yeah, this one. It went exactly as I expected it to, you know. I thought it was going to be like 24-21, you know, just that. It's the same type of game, 23-20, and it was. And um, obviously – That's true. That's true. And it's it's hard to see shootouts, you know, this late in the playoffs. The defenses are just too good, and we kind of brushed over that with the Eagles uh, when we didn't really talk about them that much because – Obviously, it was such a blowout, but Eagles' defense was terrific. Um, they gave up that one touchdown where McCaffrey, you know, kind of had that fluke play that we talked about last week, you know. Um, but it, he's also a superstar, and sometimes superstars just beat you, um, which is how the Eagles score. But their defense was awesome. Um, Chiefs' defense of the remaining four teams from last week Probably easily the worst, Luke. I would say. Um, I would. I mean, maybe the Bengals. They didn't play the worst, but they talent wise, maybe. But I think talent wise, yeah. Um, and the Eagles clearly have the better defense in the Super Bowl. Obviously, we'll get to yeah. that next week. But um, yeah, I. You know, one thing I was a little confused about on Zach Taylor, and maybe this is just, you know, the couch potato football watcher in me that was just confused by this, but it did not seem like um, Burrow did throw two interceptions. One of them was his arm was hit, though. Um, uh, But I didn't feel like the young rookie corners for the Chiefs I don't think they were able to cover Chase and Higgins down the field. Like pretty much any time the Bengals needed a huge play, they just said, screw it, let's just throw it deep. Like on that fourth and six where he just threw it into double coverage, and Jamar Chase just went up and got it. Or the big touchdown throw to T. Higgins where he just mossed him. The Chiefs had three rookie cornerbacks out on the field um, because Legereus Sneed got hurt pretty much right away. I have no idea what he's, I don't yeah. know if he's in concussion protocol or whatnot, but, um, and some of them, you know, they're not bad rookie cornerbacks because they've played a ton this year. So it's not like they're horrible, but honestly, Luke, I'm taking Jamar Chase and T Higgins over those guys, you know, just throwing it up to him as much as I can. I think they, they probably would have yeah, won definitely. the game if they would have went with a more vertical attack, um, in that game. Uh, because I just don't think the young rookie corners were holding their ground as much. Um, Eli Apple, he didn't really get toasted in this one, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he didn't really do anything special. Pretty um, fine. One thing I would like to point out is that MVS, just a nice little backstab to former pa- to Packers fans by making contested catches in this game. Yeah. Never did that as a Packer. Yeah, literally. He was their best receiver. Every time he caught the ball, 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, every time he caught the ball, I kept saying, I turned to my dad, former Packer, former Packer. And by like the sixth reception, he's like, I know he's a former Packer. I get that. <laughs> but it's just very sad because, you know, obviously we lost Devontae and then, you know, we also lost him in the offseason. And then, you know, literally first play of the season, it just goes right through your your new receiver's hands. So it's just, yeah. it, it's a, it's, it's a sore subject. Um, yeah. but we'll, we'll get to the sore subjects later. Um, but yeah, that, yeah, the Chiefs receivers stepped up big time. Like he stepped up, Sky Moore stepped up. Obviously, Kelsey. Uh, Juju didn't really do much. I don't know if he's hurt or he got he just hurt, sucks. Um, but there is one catch, but yeah, he didn't really do anything. <laughs> um, yeah, he's still going yeah. to a Super Bowl. But, but Jackson Holmes did. You know, he's he's celebrating up there. Oh, oh, he's back. He's back in the stadium. I don't I'm think he's back. doing any TikToks yet, Wait, but Jordan. he is certainly back. And he yep. will be at the Super Bowl. So when you're making your bets, when you're making your picks, make sure you factor that in. And also, just one one thing about the Super Bowl I want to get out there. We'll save the Super Bowl-like preview for next week, but Carl Cheffers is the lead ref for the Super Bowl. His crew called the most penalties this year out of any other crew. There's 17 crews in the NFL. Carl Cheffers had the most penalties called all year. Um, Carl Cheffers also historically has maybe be uh, gotten on the Chiefs fans' nerves. Um, <laughs> yes, I've talked with a lot of Chiefs fans. They don't like him. They think he screwed them. So um, that's just a storyline to look for in the Super Bowl that maybe the Eagles take advantage of. So my initial thoughts is I got the Eagles, but we'll get deeper into that next week. Yeah, same. Obviously, Super Bowl preview right. next week. But I locked in my pick pretty much a couple days ago. I'm like, hey, there's really nothing pointing to the Chiefs right now, except that one offensive lineman yeah. getting arrested. But other than that, that's pretty much it thus far. Uh, yeah, that's, that's true. That's all for next week. Uh, one cleanup. Yeah, I think I think this Super Bowl could get ugly, but <laughs> no, Go I ahead. don't think. I mean, the the ugliest it could get possibly is the ugly that we saw. Chiefs, Tampa Bay. Um, that one wasn't very pretty. That's what I'm talking about. But I don't think it's going to be like a major blowout or something. Because even that game, too, that should have been different. Remember when Patrick Mahomes was like throwing off his back foot and then he hit Tyree Kill in the face with the football? And, yes, um, right in the face. In zone. Yeah, and, it, you know, no touchdown. Obviously, Mahomes kind of got shit on in that game. He ran, I think they, man, I'm trying to remember the stat of how many yards he ran for in terms of uh, escaping the pocket. Remember, it was like something crazy. Oh, he just running around. 100 yards uh, running throughout the pocket and stuff and scrambling around. Um, it was crazy. So, but, uh, yeah, one thing I wanted to point out when we were talking in the rundown about how just that 49ers-Eagles game just started getting weird when once we had the fourth-string quarterback – um, we had that punt hit the, the guide wire, and they didn't do anything about it. That was really funny. Uh, obviously, we had uh, Joey Bosa getting shit on <laughs> by the Eagles fans <laughs> before the game. Uh, I'm rich. I'm rich. I can pay for it. It was, it was quite the day. you sending that to your little butt buddy? And they showed it – was- like, it looked like the Eagles had a Super Bowl parade after they won. Uh, that's just how crazy the fans are, man. And also, Luke, 
the 49ers put a jersey on the Rocky statue. And teams who have done Historically, that are like 0-3 yeah. or 0-4. Um, so don't do that. If you're a Kansas City fan, do not put a Mahomes jersey on the Rocky statue before this game. <laughs> Bad Don't stuff. mess with the Rocky statue. Um, but yeah. What if they put like a what if they put an Andy Reid mustache on it though? Would that be valid? Like no jersey, just just the Andy Reid mustache. I don't know what that's gonna do. And that's obviously that's and glasses. That's obviously talk for next week, right? But um also one thing we yeah, forgot. Yeah, that's true, that's true. I think this show yeah, because we won't have another show out before February sixth, I don't believe. Um this is the one year of the show me show. So um Exactly. So yeah. Almost. Almost one year. This show, it's February 3rd is the day that it's going to be released. And February 6th, around 12.53 p.m. last year was when we released the first episode. So I still remember recording that. Uh, you probably recorded it. Us, I mean, it was only 40. It was like 48 minutes long or something. It was, it was yeah. a very short episode, but it took us like six hours to record because all the technical <laughs> technological issues that we had trying to figure it out. It yep. was crazy, but man, I can't believe it's been a year. It doesn't seem like that, but that's pretty cool. That was the big episode from last week. If you listen to the very end of last week's show, and I said we had a big announcement, that was the big announcement. So just to clarify Obviously. that. All right. Well, All right. And then you want to get the fantasy corner? Yep. Here we go. Head into the fantasy corner. All right. I guess I'm back to. To go in first again after last Back week when tradition. I had a million yep. things for my stardom. Uh, my stardom this week is Chip Carey. So we didn't talk about this last week. We had a lot of stuff to talk about last week. But Chip Carey, the grandson of Harry Carey, was hired as the Cardinals play-by-play announcer on Bally Sports. He's re- replacing Dan McLaughlin. Um, he comes from the Braves. So he was the Braves play-by-play guy for the last few years. I think he was he was with the Cubs, maybe their radio network or something. I don't think he called games for him, but he was with the Cubs before he was with the Braves. And uh, just just a hardworking guy, you know, a guy that didn't really come from much, that had to build up his reputation on his own. Uh, so, you know, it's really exciting to see that. Uh, obviously, obviously, Cam didn't get my sarcasm there because he has a blank face, but... Yeah, I it's kind of just uh <laughs> Chip is kind of just like um I guess good luck, you know. It's not like we know anything about yeah. him from St. Louis. So Yeah, I've I've talked with a lot of Braves fans and read a lot of stuff from the Braves. Uh the general consensus consensus is they're not gonna miss him. So that's not good, but he is Great. the warning was he's a big homer. So he's going to be calling the game more as a fan than as an announcer, which I don't think that Cardinals fans mind because Dan McLaughlin did that at times too, mm-hmm. and it was fine. Uh, but I think he, he's going to be a pretty basic announcer. Uh, I don't think he's going to have a lot of personality. And also another thing that they mentioned is he, he tends to make fun of the playing careers of his color analysts. Like he'll make fun of them or something, which is going to be great for Brad Thompson because Brad Thompson makes fun of 
himself, his own playing career. So that would be funny to see how that works out. And then obviously Jim Edmonds, Jim, uh, just being yeah. made fun of would be hilarious too. So I, I, I'm excited to see what he brings. I'll be watching a lot more games in spring training this year just because of that, just to see what we're getting. Um, but if he's really bad, then him and Jim Edmonds on the same game may just be an atrocity. So <laughs> it could be very bad. And then my Sinem, Cam, you're going to love this Sinem. Oh, how do you say his name? It's Foxalani Phil. Uh, I, not that I want to get his name right because he doesn't deserve it, but it is it's so long. That fat not worth fuck, it. Punxsutawney Phil, I hate him. Punxsutawney, I hate him. Yeah. So um, he is the sit'em. Obviously, when we're recording this, it is uh, it's Groundhog Day, um, and he saw his shadow again for like the seventieth consecutive year because uh, he he always is scared. Um, he's just a wuss. He's always going to run back into his house because he sees a shadow and he's like, oh my God, it's another groundhog, but it's really not. It's just his own shadow. And uh, yeah. So yeah, I just sit him because he sucks. And then also sit his Canadian cousin, Fred, because Fred, a few hours before he was supposed to go out and decide if spring was coming early, um, his ass died. So good. Yeah. I would like to point out. I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. I, I've been in Missouri the whole day. Nothing to do with Fred's death, um, as much as I wish I had something to do with it. I don't. But I'm gonna just go in here on Punxsutawney <laughs> Phil, real quick. Um, I hate him. I hate Punxsutawney Phil. I've hated him for years. Luke knows this. I hate this guy. Um, Every year, like Luke says, he just comes out of that little fucking hobbit hole and he sees a <laughs> shadow and we're, oh, more winter, more winter, and he just goes back inside. Now, here's some fun facts about Punxsutawney Phil, okay? Kind of like Uga, the mascot, or Smokey, the dog, they just have those, they just have backup Punxsutawney Phil's ready to go. They're loaded up with punks to tiny fills. If his ass yeah, dies... Do you like remember Fred, that time when... Uh, you remember when Bill de Blasio dropped him and killed him? Yeah, exactly. And you know what? I have been yeah. wishing Bill would come back, but um, they probably don't trust his ass. <laughs> Kill another one. But, you know, Phil, he's an asshole. He really doesn't do anything good for us. And look, Luke, I'll say this. I've never seen the movie Groundhog Day, but if I had seen the movie Groundhog Day with Bill Murray, I would assume I would be Bill Murray in Groundhog Day. Um, I'll just leave it at that. Um, I hate him. I I hope he dies. Um, without respect, you know, he's just going to be replaced. And yeah, he would even be re- he would just be replaced. Um, and He's an asshole. Um, I'm counting on my fingers things I hate about him. And another thing is, we see this guy one time a year. He has his shining moment one time a year. For what, though? When was, I don't even know the last time he didn't see his shadow. I mean, he this guy is just a bad news bear. Um, 
I hate them. I, I'm kind of just rambling on yeah, it's, about it, but it's I can't state it enough. It's, I hate Punxsutawney Phil. For, he I, sees for a shadow I, so much. Yeah, it, it's gotten to the point like where the sports books have put the money line at like negative or like minus one thousand because they just know it's what's going to happen. You know, it was like the Warriors winning the title like twenty seventeen through twenty eight. You know, when when Kevin Durant was there. Um, that's a, that's that's the type of numbers he's putting up. Like it, it's so predictable what what he's going to do. And here's another fun fact about Phil. He's only right forty percent of the time. They've done the math on like the last one hundred times or some, something. Forty percent of the time he's correct. So that unless he's an MLB player, he sucks. Uh, it's as simple as that. So don't listen to Phil, um, because now we have a sixty percent chance of spring coming early. So. Phil, it might actually be a blessing in disguise. Phil is a glorified meteorologist who literally only has to show up to work one time a year. And like you just said, I mean, he's wrong so much in comparison to meteorologists. And it just brings me back to like, why do we keep going back to the well with this fucker? I hate, he doesn't, <laughs> I just don't know how else to, to explain it. I mean, he, he is just the worst. Every year it's the same shit, and I hate him, and I'm glad Fred's dead. I hope it hurts Punxsutawney that Fred's dead at least a little bit. Maybe maybe he'll kill himself. Maybe he'll become depressed and kill himself. No, actually, I don't. That's he a wouldn't do that. Shulman, and no, I apologize for that. No, you know, well, I – yeah, I, I understand what you're trying to say there, but Punxsutawney, <laughs> he would not do that because – He's a prick. He just wouldn't do it because he wants to make people like me. He's a selfish prick. He wants the guys like me who hate his guts to feel this way every single year. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie. This year, Groundhog's Day snuck up on me. Uh, yesterday, uh, it was February 1st, and I remembered that tomorrow was Groundhog's Day. And um, I'm not going to lie. I was triggered when I woke up this morning. I told my mom that I was triggered. I went to school and had to take a calculus test triggered. I I mean, and of course the bitch saw a shadow. Um, not that it matters either way, but I just, yeah. It, Punk you should have known that when you woke up. I, I, you know what, Luke? I'll say this. What, the only credit I'll give Punxsutawney Phil and it burns me to say this, is that he gets credit for every year on February 2nd, his ass is the first thing I think of. His ass is the first thing I think of, and I hate him for that. Lives right free in your mind. He does, and he does, but I I hate him. That's it. We'll move on from that. I hate Punxsutawney Don't Phil. let the haters win. It's dead. And I, but I wish it was Cam wakes up every February 2nd, starts hating. Every and what it, how did he even get that name? That's such a long and obnoxious name for no reason. Like, why can't he just be Phil? Some Quaker, why ass does he have to name? be Punxatani? He's Quaker. How yeah, many Quakers right. are there in America nowadays? See, maybe oh, Phil's anti American, maybe he's a terrorist. <sighs> I don't want to, I don't want to throw around those words lightly, but he may yeah. be an imposter, and he so. wouldn't be the only terrorist. In- Pennsylvania, Matt Canada. So, um, <laughs> but that's a different discussion. But he's yeah, a, wait, he's in Pennsylvania? 
Punxsutawney? Yeah, that's a it's a Pennsylvania thing. That's where all that shit started. Okay. Well, then how also, did Bill de Blasio get a hold of him? Bill de Blasio's a mayor of New York. Or was. How did he get a hold of him? He probably just went down there. I'm pretty sure it's in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Maybe it's like northern Philadelphia, so it's like right on the border in New York. I don't know. What does he even do? He's a celebrity for nothing. I hate that. He's like the royal family. I, yeah, it's, I hate that the, the fourth most popular thing on Google, when you just type in where does the next three words is the groundhog live. Um, (laughs) Here's a question for you, Cam. Do you hate all groundhogs or just Punxsutawney Phil? Um, he does live in Gobbler's Knob, Pennsylvania. Um, look, I'll say this about groundhogs. I can't say that I hate all of them, but I'll say that Punxsutawney Phil leaves a really disgusting taste in my mouth when I do see another groundhog that's not Phil. So, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like, I'm sure, you know, uh, in like 1946, Anytime an American or a Great Britain person or a French person saw a German, oh, they're probably just like, oh, automatic Nazi. Um, that's kind of what I think about when I see another groundhog. I'm like, oh, I bet that asshole's just like Phil. So, yeah. yeah. Cam, I can't All tell right. if that's me or you, but one of us just died. Our white, One of our internets just died completely. Yeah, I know. I see that. Um, it says your host enabled low data mode. All right. Also, sorry for the vulgar language there, but I really can't. <laughs> I, I have I, no idea what just happened. I hate Phil. So. All right. And we are back after some technical uh, issues were fixed. I think all the audio is salvaged. I think we were managed to save it all, but hey, in a on the one-year anniversary, it's a throwback to the first episode. We're just we have some technological issues, so uh, I think I, I think we had a perfect cutoff point there with with what Cam was saying. But anyway, we're back, and yeah, that's gonna that's gonna end the the Phil rant. That was a perfect cutoff spot. So, uh, my sleeper—that's the one thing left. Sleeper is St. Louis City Soccer. So, as we all know, the the uh, soccer team. St. Louis City SC go, getting ready to go into their first season, and they play their first regular season game uh, February 25th, which is in three weeks from today. So still a little ways away, but I just wanted to get ahead of the curve because a lot of people don't realize that they're having a lot of scrimmages going on right now. So it, it's a sleeper because it will sneak up on you. The first game will be here before you know it, kind of like the Battle Hawks of the XFL. They're going to be – Literally, the weekend after the Super Bowl is when that starts. So that's next weekend. No, no, hold on. It's the weekend before the, the St. Louis City. So just a little little tidbit there. I might actually get into soccer a little bit. I might become a checkered head. I think we might need to go want. to a game just to see what it is. I've never been yeah, a professional think- soccer game. So we'll just Me either. I also I don't know anybody on our team, and I I know like a good amount of like 
the national team players, guys that are like on the national team, but most of them, um, they don't even play here in the States. They play um, overseas, mostly in Europe and South America, I think, or Central America. So um, I'm not really sure who is even notable in MLS, but. I don't. Think, like, I don't think they have like a expansion draft. Like whenever you get a new team, you know, a lot of you'll have an expansion draft where you get to pick like one mid player from every single team in the league. Mm-hmm. I don't think they have that in MLS. I think it's just another team for people to sign with because that's yeah. all. There's no draft in the soccer. It's just <laughs> about who you sign and stuff, um, stuff like that. Out. So, but I think maybe a cool game to go to go to would be against the Miami team because that's messy. Messi's signing with Miami. I don't know if he's playing there this season, but that would be cool to go against Miami. Yeah. And see Messi. Probably, we probably wouldn't even be able to get a ticket. That'd probably I be don't like. Know. I'm game. looking to see when that is. I don't. Is that this year, though? Because he's still. Messi still plays for Paris Saint Germain. Yeah, the same team that Mbappe plays for. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's soon. That's why I said I don't know if it's this year or not. I don't even see us playing LAFC, Nashville. I like it how there's not that many games, though. Yeah. So the first game, most most of the games to watch, you have to have Apple TV. Um, but the first game against Austin, I would assume that's in Texas. Yeah. Um, that's on Apple TV for free, so... All you have to do is have the app, and you can watch that for free. So that's a little bit of a sleeper here. I will look to see when we play. I don't think we play Miami this year, Cam. I'll be honest. I don't see it. Unless it's Orlando. Was it Orlando? No, he signed with a Miami team. Not on here. Maybe they're not in the division. I don't know. Whatever it is, it's a sleeper. That's my fantasy corner. Okay. Um, My stardom is simply... LeBron kind of even goes back to last week's show when Luke was talking about how they sat his ass for when he scored 46, but they were getting blown out. LeBron's been on one this year again, obviously. He's always on one, Luke. Um, And I'm starting him because – Ever since his birthday. That's true. Um, He really turned it up after that. But I'm starting him because – you might want to start him because he's going to start just putting in the ball in the bucket even more because he's getting ridiculously close to the all-time scoring mark. Um, and so that's why I would start him. Not only is he my GOAT, but he's also right next to the scoring mark. So And he's going to get there really soon. And the closer he gets, the probably the better he's even going to play. So start LeBron. My Quick Luke. update on the LeBron situation. Yes. End of do. the third quarter right now against the Pacers. He has 17 points. So he's officially 72 points away from breaking the record. Um, I would imagine he adds probably 10 points more tonight. Probably. Um, that's just a rough estimate. So, yeah. Within the next week, probably. Going into the fourth last night or two nights ago. Uh, anyway, my sit Luke, is the Dallas Zoo. And. If you know anything about this story, some suspicious shit going down in Dallas. Um, we had two, I can't remember how to say it, I think it's Manzarin monkeys, uh, two very, very exotic types of animals 
those monkeys stolen. And it looked like, uh, according to the reports and stories out of Dallas, um, that like the way that they were stolen, it almost looked like it was like an inside job. Shout out to George Bush. That it was like an inside job to where like <laughs> workers maybe have like prepared it to where it would be possible for them to steal the Manzarin monkeys. And then we also had a leopard either stolen or escaped from the Dallas sewer well, which was returned and the monkeys were found. I don't know if they've been returned yet, but this all happened in a very short time frame. And so now there's like some uh, great suspense and there, there's some real tension at the Dallas zoo right now between the city of Dallas and its workers and the people who fund it and even the animals, uh, you know, animals might be thinking they might be able to get out. So we'll see. There, there's, <laughs> Looking there's for escape some, methods. Exactly. There's still some stuff to come out of Dallas. Okay. We'll, we'll just see what happens. But for now, I'm sitting at Dallas Zoo until they get this shit out under control. Um, and what, my, do you think, uh, what do you think Jerry Jones makes a statement on it? When do you think he gets involved? Oh, man, I uh, well, yeah, I, he's probably he might be a donor. Uh, what if he stole the monkeys? The I thought. don't. I mean, I, I don't. I can't imagine he would need I mean, like any more money than what he has. But after that little Rock Nine photo, you might know people. No. I don't know. Yeah, he doesn't need any more controversy. Yeah. No. Uh, no. So, yeah. Sit in Dallas Zoo until they get stuff figured out. My sleeper, on the other hand, um, is black ice. Uh, here in Missouri, throughout the whole state, really, freezing temperatures, going back to the AFC Championship game, a 10-degree day. We got some random snowfall, and then, of course, Sunday night, we got some very, very random sleetish rain that instantly froze onto vehicles in the road, causing very icy and dangerous conditions. And then, of course, the after effects, black ice, the ice you can't see at night covering the roads caused uh, multiple school cancellations throughout the state. Pretty dangerous stuff. So uh, don't sleep on black ice because it can cause you to wreck your vehicle. Very dangerous. And then my second sleeper is the sneaky field conditions of Phoenix Stadium, where the Super Bowl is going to be played. If you do some brain thinking to just a few weeks ago, um, actually more than a few weeks, December 31st, we had TCU versus Michigan in the Verbo Fiesta Bowl, um, and the field was muddier and more dangerous than it's pretty much ever been, uh, including when Kyle Murray has played on it. And there was multiple slippages, uh, injuries throughout the games through from the slippages. A ref almost blew out his knee, um, slipping in the mud. So uh, just keep your eye out for the Super Bowl when that comes around 
and we're like, man, why is the field in such bad shape? Uh, don't say that the Verbo Fiesta Bowl didn't warn you a few months ago. So um, that's my other sleeper. So, yeah, that's our fantasy like corner. And that might be the last fantasy corner until uh, next NFL season. Yeah, so possibly. Um, we might do it next week. I don't know yet. No, that's true. But now let's get to some NFL coaching hires. Now we're going to talk briefly about this uh, for for the people that have been listening for a while. Obviously, we did like the in depth breakdown last year for all the coaching hires. So we're going to do that again. Uh, I'll just run through some of the news, give some initial thoughts, but the deep breakdown and the loot coaching grades will be out uh, within the next few episodes. So we'll probably do that the episode after the Super Bowl. Um, maybe I did pretty good last year. I, I had Brian Dable and Doug Peterson as A's. Those were the only A rated coaches. Um, however, I did fumble the bag with Nathaniel Hackett as a B plus. So don't, don't trust the rankings completely, but, but the loot grades of the coaches, I don't know. If, if I like a coach, it, it, historically history has shown that I'm, I don't know. I might be correct. <laughs> uh, but anyways, First off, earlier this week, the Panthers hired the Third Reich. Um, shout out that you know I'm not going to shout out anyone for that. Um, <laughs> I'll avoid shout shout outs for that. But Frank Reich the Third is headed to Carolina. Um, he's hoping to take on the role, maybe with a new quarterback there, maybe develop. I don't know Sam Darnold or Matt Corral. That's that's completely uh, on the table, but. Very well could not be also. And then next up, the Saints. This is weird. They are sending Sean Payton to the Broncos to be their next head coach. Um, They get a first-round pick in return, which is the 29th overall pick in this year's draft. And the the Broncos' second-round pick next year in, in the draft for Sean Payton. I would assume he signs for a boatload of money. Um... We don't know coaches' contracts. They're not public. But I would assume this is around the $25 million a year range. Um, this is Bill Belichick-type money that Sean Payton probably got from the Broncos because their ownership is the richest in the NFL, the Waltons. Uh, the Walmart owners also own the Broncos. And so they there's no salary cap on coaches, so they probably just – I wouldn't be surprised if they handed him a blank check and were like, here, just sign. What, what do you want to come here to Denver? Um, and then finally, the Texans hired D'Amico Ryans to a six-year deal, uh, the former defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. And I know we make fun of the Texans a lot for just hiring black coaches and then firing them after the year, but this doesn't feel like that. Like, uh, obviously, the Lovey Smith hire last year, I got the vibes. They're just getting him for the third-round pick and to fire him after the year. But this one feels like, he he might be there for the rebuild. He might be there for the stay. He might be the guy that, you know, is kind of like the Zach Taylor or the Sean McDermott that, you know, just brings the team up from from irrelevancy to a contender. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Like this isn't the let's sign them one and done kind of deal. You know, they've got – when you sign a guy to a six-year deal – hasn't been a head coach ever in his life, you're putting your nuts on the table that this is going to work out. So um, I don't blame him. He 
the D'Amico Ryan's coach 49ers defense was phenomenal this year and last year and probably even the year before that. So um, I know the year before that is Salah. True. You're right. You're right. Three years ago, it was Salah. Um, and he's he's a Texans legend. He's one of their best players, actually, in the franchise. So um, not a very long, illustrious franchise, but um, in terms of how long it's been around. But he's one of the better players. Um, the Broncos thing, I completely agree with you. I think it might be a blank check situation. Um some upside, if you're a Broncos fan, I know some Broncos people actually also wanted D'Amico Ryans um, and over Peyton, which I thought was honestly a little crazy. But if we're saying that D'Amico is going to be pretty good, maybe, it's, it, you know. But it, With Sean uh, Peyton, you have to give up a first rounder, though. That was the only thing. Yeah, well, yeah. But whoever signed Sean Peyton was going to have to give up something because the Saints – Still had his rights, and rightfully so. Um, I, I'll, I kind of agree with you there, Luke. The Broncos really don't have a first to give up. You know, like they kind of need <laughs> to figure some stuff out. Um, one positive for Sean Payton is that he was able to work with a quarterback his whole uh, head coaching career that had trouble seeing over big, tall guys that were blocking for him with Drew Brees. Um, maybe the benefit here though, is that Russell Wilson can actually move around. Um, his arms definitely not shot. We know that. Um, so, and I mean, let's be real here, Luke. I mean, Russell Wilson's a hall of fame caliber quarterback, at least during his time in Seattle. So, um, if he can get him back to even three fourths of what he was in Seattle, I mean, the Broncos will be humming because, I can't remember what exactly the stat was, but if they like would have just averaged 18 points per game, or if they would have scored like 18 points in every single game they played, they would have had like an incredible record. So um, yeah, if if it was if they weren't if they weren't a bottom five offense in the league, they would be like 13 and four, or so they would have been like one of the top teams in the league if they did not have a bottom. Literally, they could have been 26th in offense. 26th in offense and had that good of a record. So yeah, that's crazy. Um, and <laughs> yeah, uh, I am friends with a bunch of Panthers fans due to my UNC fandom. And my first comment to them was, I'm sorry that you hired Frank Reich <laughs> now. And Luke mentioned this, the third Reich, um, and I, I gotta, I think he's, eventually going to turn to, to corral. And Luke, I don't know about you, but I remember the last time during the third Reich when they started corralling, okay, people up and it just really bad for the rest of the world. So uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I don't think this one's going to pay off for Charlotte. Um, so yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I don't like that higher. Obviously, we're not grading them yet, but I don't like that higher. I I don't know. I don't know. It was it was a shocking one to say the least. Um, I I expected more from the Panthers because we talked about the richest owner in the NFL. Well, guess who has the second richest owner in the NFL? That's right, David David Tepper, Carolina Panthers. Exactly. Yes, I. 
Yeah. And so they could have signed almost anyone for $20 million, and they landed with Frank Reich. So um, there, there's worse options. Frank Reich was a winning head coach. Um, like we've mentioned, it was very sad at the end of his tenure, um, especially this year. He he had the very sad look. So, I mean, maybe they're just continuing the tradition of hiring sad yeah, coaches. Uh, Matt exactly Rule right. and then <laughs> and Matt Rule was, uh, you know, it fits their color. Yeah, easy color yeah, transition. It fits their color. Yeah, you're right. That's one. No, thing I'm talking about like the, like the bluish color. Like yeah. when you're sad, you're blue, you know? Oh, so, that's and nice I, I imagine that shade of blue. But oh, man. I don't know. But that's that's the rundown with that. Uh, we'll get more in-depth with that whenever all the teams sign. So the Colts still have to sign and the Cardinals still have to sign, which I I would imagine whoever gets the Cardinals higher, it's literally a suicide spot. It's like blowing yourself up it, accepting a job with the Cardinals because no. not only do they have terrible facilities, not only do they have a terrible field, but they have probably the worst quarterback contract in the NFL, maybe besides Derek Carr. And it maybe Derek Carr's might even be better. That I don't know. I, I like Kyler Murray as a player, but as a personality, he seems like a dick. And he's very he's not like elite level, so that might be a very hard job to take. But we'll we'll, we'll grade all of those at a later time. And uh, for now, let's wrap up the show with some tough scene of the week. Yeah, you want to go first, Cam? Yeah, sure. Um, and I don't know if we're gonna ping pong these or just do all of them at once. But here we go. Um, and this this one not only is a tough scene as a Carolina fan, a UNC football fan, it's just a tough scene in general. You don't even have to be a North Carolina fan to see the tough scene in this one. So North Carolina's 2023 football schedule was released, and Mac Brown, I think this is his fifth year now, um, was so distraught about the results, and he went ahead and went on the airwaves and went on to say, I didn't think it was fair about their schedule, and while their schedule isn't easy um, by any means, look, it never feels good to hear your coach, your head coach, say that the schedule <laughs> isn't fair, and it doesn't make one very confident about next season already when in the offseason your coach is looking at his schedule and already dreading it uh, and saying that it's not fair. Also doesn't feel good as a player, I would imagine. Um, I would just imagine that. Yeah. Um, so, but I just have a quick question on this. So UNC had like one of the hardest schedules. Like they have to play Clemson, they have to play uh, Wake Forest, they have to State. play. What are some of the other? Top teams? He was really upset with how the end of the season is going to look, and it is rough. Don't get me wrong; it's rough. But I just I I don't know the way he has lost games these past couple of years and his seat, Luke. They extended his contract today for one, uh, extended it to 2028. It was through 2027. And I'm not going to lie. That was a little bit of a shocker to me that they did that. Um, I really, that's a contract that I'm not really sure he's going to fulfill. Um, because <laughs> he'll be about as old as Jim Beheim when that is over with. And so, well, not only, you know, watch out on the roads in Chapel Hill if he's still coaching by then. But 
Um, I just don't know if he that if he's going to really fulfill that because he he'll be old, and I don't know if we're going to want him to fulfill that by that time because I have always been a huge Mac is back kind of guy, um, but the last couple seasons it has seemed like that we have gone backwards in some sense, even though record wise we've gone forwards. I felt like we've wasted uh college football hall of fame like talent and Sam Howe. And um yeah. we have another one who's literally a projected first round draft pick for next year and we wasted that this year as well. And on top of that, he's a brother of a UNC legend, basketball legend. So isn't that isn't that right? Or cousin. Yeah. Luke May. Or you could say Bo May, the walk on. Call him a legend too. No, so, we're yeah. not saying Bo May. It's just a really <laughs> tough scene. Even if you're not a Carolina fan, you look at this from the outside and be like, uh, that doesn't look good. So yeah. Um my next tough scene. And then also before you yeah. get to that, I just have wasn't there like one team? Was it, I think it was Georgia Tech maybe, but they avoided Clemson, they avoided Wake Forest, they avoided Pittsburgh, they avoided uh, Miami might have been the other team, Miami or North Carolina. Like they avoided all of – or Florida State. That was the other one. Florida State, Wake Forest, Pittsburgh, and Clemson. Like they avoided all four of the top yeah. teams in the ACC. Um, was it Louisville or Georgia I think Tech? It, I think it was Tech. I'd have to look okay. again. It's been a yeah. few days. Um, but Very unfair. If people are like wondering like what the hell are we even talking about, um, in case you forgot, the ACC football conference, they scrapped divisions. This was the last year with divisions, and now they're just going to a rotating schedule. Still going to have a championship game, but it's going to be uh, kind of like the Big 12. I think I don't think the Big 12 has divisions. Um, so it's just going to be like a rotating clock schedule that's picked and stuff. So, um, And the first draw for Carolina, I'm not going to lie, it was not great. Um, and the end of the season is going to be tough, but I still didn't want to hear that from the head coach. So, yeah. Um, and then my next tough scene is on Tuesday night. Uh, this, this was baffling for me. I'm still baffled by this. I'm still kind of mad about this. On Tuesday night, ESPN had the Ole Miss, unranked Ole Miss, by the way, at unranked Kentucky on ESPN instead of number seven K-State at number eight, Kansas, in the fog, except that was on the Big 12 Network or SEC, or not SEC, ESPN+. Plus. So we really couldn't watch a top 10 matchup. Personally, Luke, I think that's criminal. I don't know how they can get by yeah. with not showing a top 10 matchup on TV. So um, that's my take yeah, on they, that. As I put it, because I – I actually had this as my sit but then I saw it was your tough scene, so I changed mine. But it, So we, we're we both furious about this because this was also my sit ESPN was gatekeeping this game from us. Uh, Why, though? And it really pissed me off. <laughs> Why, I, I, have no, I have no clue. They're trying it's, – it's money. That's all it is. They're trying to get people to buy their stupid plus service, which literally every company is trying to get people to buy, spend more money on it. And so they're like, oh, we're going to put a – great matchup on ESPN plus so that they're forced to buy it, to watch it. And it is just the stupidest that what about the poor people of the world? ESPN, uh, do you not care about spreading sports to them? And there's not like 
an illegal stream for college basketball because the illegal streaming service that I use, we won't name names. We won't, we won't name names uh, out of respect, but they don't have college basketball. They have college football, NFL, NBA, MLB. They have literally every single sport, but college basketball. So I can't even use that to watch it. So very unfortunate to say the least for that. But I was very furious. I, it was not only is it a top 10 matchup, but it's a rivalry game. Huge rivalry game. That's like, yeah, it would be like UNC and Duke. Now, this is like they're both top 10 ranked. UNC, Duke, top 10 ranked, not on anything. It's, you have to pay for ESPN Plus to watch it. That's kind of what it's not quite to that level. Yeah, not but quite. Very, very similar. Yeah. Close, but not, yeah, no cigar there, but close. I understand the point. Um, because I, I, you know, we'll talk about that in a second. But so, yeah, that me and Luke both hung up on that. Uh, I, I saw somebody on Twitter say Big Blue Nation just has such a huge pull in terms of view viewership that and ratings that they decided not. They don't just care. decided to leave that game. I personally still don't think like that was an instant turnoff when I saw Ole Miss at Kentucky. 17 or 21 to 17, both of them were unranked. I just tried to look for the K-State game, and it wasn't there. So, um, Next tough scene recently, Bally Sports filed for bankruptcy, um, which could be very bad news for people who want to watch their local or regional MLB team play. And to top it all off. Well, here's the thing. Okay. I just Go want ahead. to interrupt you because it wasn't it wasn't Bally Sports. It was the ownership group that owns Bally Sports. It was the Dave Sinclair group, and Dave Sinclair is kind of a prick. So it's not exactly the worst thing in the world that they went bankrupt, but it could lead to worse things, if that makes sense. Okay, and then to top so, it off, ahead. the MLB did decline YouTube, YouTube's uh, contract renewal to stream games on their platform. And now we just have a very limited options in terms of how to watch games. Um, and like Luke said, Bally isn't completely dead yet, but YouTube TV right now is dead. So what are we, we're, what are we even looking at here right now? We're looking at what Apple TV, um, the MLB yeah. network, Apple TV's growing. ESPN carries no, games. Well, no. No, not MLB Network. Are they dead? Too? MLB Network is taking. Yeah, they, well, I think they MLB Network took off Spectrum. I'm pretty sure a few years ago, and then now they're taking off YouTube TV. So, uh, their network that promotes their sport is now being taken off, like platform by platform. So, it's just very weird. Well, that's not that true. In, because I know we have MLB Network. So it might just be package to package. And you have Spectrum? Yes, we have Spectrum. So, I mean, I don't know about this year, but we had it last year at least. So, um, well, that's weird because we tried to get it. We tried to get MLB Network, and we called Charter, and they were like, no, sorry, you can't have that. Like, we don't carry it or something like that. So maybe we have the Charter stream, so maybe you have, yeah. you have a cable box. I think that's oh, probably that might be different. That's because that's okay. another thing, actually. I'll, I'm, you know, I'll just talk about that right now. So, in terms of cable boxes, cable boxes are now eleven bucks a month for a charter, 
I, I know this because um, we had to get rid of a bunch of our cable boxes at my dad's house just to save money because it was like costing us a fortune in these cable boxes every year. And we just moved over to Roku sticks for all the TVs in the house except for the one in the living room. We still have the cable box because it's just easier to have that than a Roku uh, streaming stick. ACC Network is not carried on the Charter Stream, the Charter Spectrum Stream uh, Roku stick. Everything else pretty much is. And because I was like, well, how can we watch it here on the cable box here in the living room? But I go into my room and we have every other channel, not ACC Network. So that was a big L last night when trying to watch UNC at Pitt or Pitt at UNC. Yeah. Only able to watch it in the living room, not while I was doing calculus. I don't. Yeah, I don't think they have Big Ten Network either. They're a little. I like think some you're of right. The, the other yeah. networks that you get with the cable box, they they don't. So. Okay. Um, yeah. SEC Network you probably get because it's like the yeah, local area do. one, but we do. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Very. Um, very weird. And so yeah, the MLB thing. I, I just want to talk briefly about that. I don't think this is a Manfred thing. I I think this is a TV network thing. I, people are going to come after Manfred for this, and trust me, I, anytime you can have Manfred hate, I'm all for it. I don't think this was his doing, though. I, I think this was completely out of his control. This is like the TV department of MLB has nothing to do with him. So, um, But the blackouts on MLB.TV, that has everything to do with him. But that that's it, neither here nor there. That's it. Just great all around. Um, <laughs> Not. And then two more quick, tough scenes. These will be quick. A uh, couple days ago, Stetson Bennett was arrested for public intoxication. Not a, not a, like a criminal charge here, but some things are adding up that you don't want to add up. He's 25 in Dallas, Texas, getting public intoxication charges. All the while, he's not at um, the Reese's Senior Bowl week or the Shrine Bowl or the – he's not at any of the um, NFL. The big one, he was invited to the Reese's Senior Bowl, which is the biggest one for scouting and trying to get quick development before the draft, and he didn't go. He declined the invite and got the public intoxication charge the next day. Um, so tough scene for Stetson Bennett. Um. Yeah, his stock went down a little bit. Um, and then Joe Mixon, the menace. Uh, apparently today he there was a warrant out for his arrest in the city of Cincinnati for aggravated menacing acts, where he <laughs> <laughs> apparently fake. pointed a gun, I guess, or a threat threatened a woman that. It sounds like even the way that she put it, told the police, it almost sounds in a joking way. But the the, re, the because he had the gun, supposedly, it's still kind of a big deal. But I'm pretty sure he just said, I should pop you in your face right now. <laughs> I'm assuming it was a white woman. I'm just putting that out there. But we'll the safe stop. guess. Um, we'll stop there. So that's a tough scene of the week for probably, me. Probably a, a white woman that's looking for a little bit of money. Possibly. I'll, I'll just put that out there as well. Um, but yeah, great tough scenes. I'll go, I'll go with mine. I only have two tough scenes, so this will go kind of quick. Well, kind of. The first one might be a discussion point here. 
it's over for Drinkwitz in Mizzou. It, it's it's over. This is the beginning of the end. So obviously, Coach Drinkwitz went uh, two and five, two and six in show me show evaluation games last year. Not good overall. Um, he's on the hot seat with the fans because he sucks as a play caller. Um, also, he has an obsession with playing injured quarterbacks, which is very weird too. Um, but one thing he had going for him at the beginning was that his recruiting was good. And so they're like, okay, once the recruiting classes come in, you know, it'll be fine. But he's losing a lot of those recruits that he got to the transfer portal. And then this past year, so obviously the recruiting classes were announced uh, earlier this week. I don't remember what day it was, but Alabama, once again, is the number one recruiting class. They so finalized. Saban just, okay. So Nick Saban just going ham once again. But Mizzou was 13 out of the 14 teams in the SEC, and the one team they beat was Vanderbilt. So, uh, yeah, this is not good for Drinkwitz because the one thing you had going for you was recruiting, and now that has just fallen off. Like, lower than lower than, than Mississippi State, lower than Kentucky uh, some of like the bottom feeder schools of the SEC. I mean, you beat Vanderbilt, so but congrats. I mean, what, you won a medal or something for that? Like that's not. Imp- I could beat Vanderbilt in recruiting if I was the head coach at Mizzou. So, uh, not impressive. This is the beginning of the end, and I'm I'm going to say it right now. Drinkwitz will not make it past uh, next season. If he does, it, it'll will immediately end. So. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, Cam. Couple, I think I already. I mean, we texted about this yesterday. Yeah, the bad recruiting class is not good. Now, one thing to point out is thirteenth in the SEC is still top forty in the country. I think I think they finished at like thirty seven or thirty nine or something like that, um, which is insane. Yeah, that it. That's how crazy. Like we say, thirteenth in the SEC. But, like, eighth in the SEC was, like, top 20 in the nation. So, like, the SEC rules top 15. Recruiting, um, recruiting, obviously. Um, but, yeah, there was, like, a couple that stood out. Now, this this wasn't going to be a big recruiting class anyway um, due to some of his previous classes. But some things to point out, like Luke mentioned, like, and I hate to say this, but in the day that we, the time that we live in where kids decommit a lot and stuff like that. I mean, Mississippi state's coach died and they still had a better class. Auburn still had a better class and they fired their head coach. And usually coaches that get fired, um, those classes drop off significantly. And Auburn was top 25 recruiting class. Um, So that's one thing to point out. So yeah, it's not great. Now, I will say this, a bunch of the defensive uh, guys from this year are coming back this year. Um, Even guys that thought about entering the draft are coming back, like Chris Abrams, Drain, um, uh, Ennis Rakestraw, stuff like that. Obviously, we have Daylon Carnell. Um, uh, Linebacking core needs to beef up a little bit, but Tyron Hopper is coming back. Um, Trajan Jeffcoat was supposed to come back, but he just transferred to Arkansas. So kind of screw him, but, um, obviously Luke, the thing that we realized this year is that the offense just has to be fixed. And 
we'll obviously yes. talk about Mizzou a lot more in the future once we get closer. Um, yeah, it's not a good recruiting class, and that's all you can say about it. And like we said, I think we've talked about this before when their season ended, was like they, he probably has to go 9-3 and three at the very least. So probably 9-4 and four or 10-3. and three. Yeah. Keep his job next year, because Francois, she does not mess show around. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, it is a tough scene. Bad recruiting class. Possible upside next year, though. We'll see. No, there's no possible unless we get a new coach. That's the only possible upside. But I, I used to be a Drinkwitz guy. I was when he was hired. I was for years, but I am off that train. I am. He's dead to me um, because, like you said, he has to show something that he has to give Mizzou football life this year. And I do he's not, not see that happening. So I'll say that um, he is not right, dead well, to me. You're holding on to false hope. And it might be. You're holding on to false hope. To and speaking. He cares about the team and he cares about the okay. program so much. I mean, he's at every basketball game, girls and boys that he right. can. You know, he freaking cares. So I do. Because he has true. He has to care because he knows his ass is – his chair is getting warm. So, you know, that's probably a factor, but yeah. I do appreciate that. Yep. And speaking of holding on to false hope, let's just go – let's just go to me. Uh, as a part owner of the Green Bay Packers, I'm looking at my uh, stock certificate right now, signed by Mark Murphy himself. Aaron Rodgers is done. Like I, I just said – Drinkwitz is done. It's the beginning of the end. This 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 is probably the end for Rodgers. Um, with one thing we haven't mentioned throughout this entire show, uh, Tom Brady retired. Um, it, it happened Wednesday morning at seven a.m. He literally just put a video out on Twitter, and he's like, "Yeah, guys, I'm I'm retired." Um, so I I still can't believe we we forgot to mention that. But yeah, Tom Brady, greatest of all time, did retire. So this probably means Rodgers is not going to retire. But it appears he goes on the Pat McAfee show every Tuesday, and every single week it's I've gotten less hope. Like he's just like, yeah, the the organization seems to be moving in a different direction, meaning the Jordan Love direction. That's the that's the the direction they're moving in. Um, and am I saying it's a bad move? No, not yet. But man. Rodgers is he's the reason I love football so much. He's the reason I became a Packers fan in the first place. Um he's the reason I spent $300 to buy that piece of paper that's on my wall right now. And if if he leaves, it's going to be so heartbreaking. Like I I tweeted this out the other day. He's probably a top 5 most important person in my life. And I've never met him. Like that's how much influence he has on me in my life. And it's going to be tough. Now, granted, they're not going to trade him to an NFC team, which makes it better. But, I mean, the AFC teams is the Jets. I could handle the Jets. The Raiders would be awful because I hate the Raiders, and I don't want to root for this. And seeing him and Devontae together in a different uniform would probably just make me cry. So it would just – it's like we're a poverty organization. It's like we're the Oakland A's, and they're the New York Yankees. That's what it would be like. Um, they just, you know, take all our players. So – because we can't afford them, but it would, it would be very tough to see that. Um, and I heard someone say like, Oh, well, you're not going to trade him to an NFC team. So instead of losing to him in the NFC championship, you're going to lose to him in the Super Bowl. I just want to, I just want to attack that real quick. One, 
Aaron Rodgers doesn't make it past the championship game, so we won't have to worry about facing him in a Super Bowl ever. And two, if we trade Aaron Rodgers, we don't have to worry about making it to the NFC Championship anytime soon. So just to clarify that, that that argument does not matter with the Packers at all. So, But it's a tough scene for me and for Packers fans because, well... He he's he's been our organiz- the entire organization for a decade and a half now. So, and that is yeah, that's my tough scenes. So, um, my only comment is not to get your hopes up, but if you remember when the Packers were playing the Eagles, Jordan Love did have some sick zip on the football. Like I felt like I could hear the whistling of the half of a quarter from my couch. So, you know, like when you're throwing a football, whether it's Nerf or real, and the person who's throwing it to you, you're like, damn, they've got a pretty good arm. You can hear the go. <laughs> I felt like I could hear that from my couch with with Jordan Love. So mm. there, at least there's that. Well, you're not dead yet. Here's also the positive thing. Here's the positive thing. If history repeats itself, which – it tends to do a lot. You look at the Chargers. The Chargers have had three great quarterbacks in a row, but they've never won any Super Bowls because their franchise is cursed. The Packers, they've had two great quarterbacks back-to-back, um, and both of them have done the am I going to retire, am I not going to retire at the end of their Packer careers, uh, both of the previous two. They both won a Super Bowl very early on in their careers as a starter, both of them. So if history repeats itself, Jordan Love is going to win a Super Bowl within the next three to four years. However, I don't think it will, but that, also, that's just a positive note I can I can hang up on. Also, Jordan Love definitely gives the body language vibes of a guy late in his career who's also going to be like, uh, I might retire, I might not, I might retire, I might not. He gives off the same body language. I... I will say I'm not a fan yeah, of his body language. That's my least favorite thing about him. Um, he kind of gives me Kyler Murray vibes on the sidelines sometimes, but I love the zip on his football. So I, I don't know about Kyler Murray vibes. I think the the body language that he gave off was that he was always nervous and confused and scared. But this year when he came in, like he even in the scared. preseason, in, yeah, scared. in the preseason watching him, go against like that 49ers defense in the preseason. He looked confident and coming into yeah. the Eagles game, he looked confident. And that's, I like to see that improvement because the mindset is, is the most important thing in any sport. And so to have your mindset, right. That the talent will follow. He's talented. We know we saw his big arm at Utah state. We saw the dual threat at Utah state. I'm not here to make this a Jordan love uh, show, but he does have talent. So. But the main purpose of this is tough scene for us because of Rodgers. And that, a little bit of a shorter show today. Um, We'll wrap it up. Just one thing I wanted to have a bonus is that the internet trend, potentially trend of the year happened. So on the Macrodosing podcast, uh, Arian Foster, former running back for the Houston Texans, he just jokingly said, like, yeah, uh, they gave us a script at the beginning of every year and you know our practices weren't even spent running plays it was just practicing the script for the next game and stuff and it was just a very funny clip but basically the tweet went viral the clip went viral on twitter and people are just retweeting it with funny things like 
Jason Pierre Paul when he sees the script and it's just the guy like looking at his fingers in just like a sad, dramatic fashion. Yeah, exactly. And uh there's some of the other funny ones. Aaron Hernandez when he sees the script and it's just like the Elmo just in like in a deadlock stare. Um and some even players are getting into it. Like uh Darius yeah. Slayton was getting into it. Uh Robert Griffin the third got into it. Uh, if Damar Hamlin gets into it, it's it would break the internet. It, like if Damar Hamlin was like me when I see the script. Like if Damar Hamlin himself tweets me when I saw the script for last year, and it's just like the the guy that's like no 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 wait 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 like something like that. It would completely break the internet. So there was not going to happen. But it was a very funny trend as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a guy. That, I know like, which one you're talking about. Could not, yeah, could not like focus. It was so. They've been great memes. Great meme trend right now. Meme economy definitely needed yeah. that. Really funny definitely. stuff right now. Um, there. Uh, did you see the one? It's like Tom Brady in the courtroom, uh, and it's you know the video of Tom Brady smiling oh. in the courtroom, and it's like <laughs> Tom Brady at Matt, looking at Matt, Matt Ryan, Ryan at halftime. Read the script, yeah. So good. In the script meetings before the game. <laughs> oh, man. I so love it. Good. I love it, though. It was a good meme trend. I just wanted to shout that out real quick. Um, yeah, that's the show. Uh, a little bit of – we've been having some longer shows lately, so we wanted to give a little bit of a shorter one so people can get it in. Um, and they're busy lives because people are busy. So shout out to people. Shout out to the listeners. So. Um, if you don't follow us on all the platforms, Twitter, Instagram, go follow us. YouTube, make sure you subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. And uh, we will see you next week for the Super Bowl preview in episode 49. Awesome. So uh, everyone have a great week. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. There we go. I, I missed the stop button. I'm such an idiot, man.